I hope you're having a great Sunday. I'm Crabbe with Race to Walk, and this is just um, a few thoughts for Sunday afternoon. And also, I'm going to be giving you an update about where we're at with um, my friends in Pakistan. Uh, this is our Kabul Hope update. But I titled this um, Watching Out for Mergers, and uh, this came up um, because of a few things we discussed in on Monday with the house church in Afghanistan, but um, it reminded me of um, actually a little event from my high school. So I went to a really small high school. I graduated with a class of 100 people, and uh, we had like 400 people in my high school from like ninth grade through uh, 12th. And the thing about when you go to a really small high school, it's like pretty much like if you're even semi-athletic, you can pretty much do whatever whatever you want. Um, and so we didn't have, since we didn't have a big school, we didn't really normally have the best teams. Our, um, I mean, they weren't bad. They just, you know, you don't have the, all the, all the people to choose from. Like here in Texas, it's a little crazy. If you don't start playing a sport by the time you're three, you're probably not going to be playing in high school. It's a little ridiculous. But anyway, so our baseball team was usually pretty good. But other than that, you know, they would participate, but didn't usually like win any state championships. But this one year, my senior year, um, our boys' basketball team went to the state playoffs. And the very, uh, in the quarterfinals, I think this is right. If somebody watches this I went to high school with and says, no, it wasn't the quarterfinals, I may be wrong about this. But anyway, we they went up against the number one ranked team in the state. It was Sweet Home. They were undefeated. And our team won. And it was like David Goliath moment. They were just like super excited. And it was just this really exciting moment, you know, in our the in our senior year. So the winning isn't really the point of why I'm bringing this up. Um, they lost in the next round, but um, when they were leaving at, after this big win, they were super excited, and they're on the bus going back to the hotel after the game, and uh, this other. This bus at this other school tries to merge in with them and almost hits the bus. And so everybody's like, oh my gosh, you know, all freaked out. And this this one guy goes, you know, you beat the number one ranked team in the state. And everybody wants to be in your lane. You're all just a bunch of mergers. And, you know, it was just kind of like this funny moment adding to this, like, big uh, memory of our senior year. But I've thought about that so often since then because Pete Stanky was right. He was right in high school. There are a bunch of mergers out there. And when you do something that is kind of a big win, everybody does want to be in your lane. They want to be a part of it. And I was um, in Sunday church, or not the Sunday church, but in the, the Monday meeting with the house church. So there's two kind of um, groups, church groups that I meet with, Afghan church groups. And I just think of them as one's a house church because there are like a bunch of people living in one house. And then the other is kind of like a mobile church, like they'll meet in different locations. So um, the house church on Monday, we went over uh, Proverbs 23, 7. The King James version of that, or translation of that, is as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And um, that is on my list of one of the top ten most misunderstood verses in the Bible. I have a, a Bible lesson uh, teaching on that. But um, 
what it is actually about is to be on guard against people who are giving you things. So you have to be on guard about seeking after things against avarice, but also guarding against motivations of people that are giving to you and helping you. And um, that is the context of the passage. What was interesting was uh, there's this really cool website called The Word Project, where it does a parallel Bible of between you do between per, uh, Persian and English, and that's usually what I use in the um, when I'm teaching lessons. And so I was asking our translator because I was explaining first that uh, they have the King James version up on for the English version. I said, "Well, how does this translate here? Does this seem like it's um, in line with the Persian version?" And he said no. So I then I showed him the New International Version, which is a more accurate rendition of what the context of that passage is actually saying. He said, yeah, that's that's what's in line with this. So that was that was kind of an interesting note. But the reason I wanted to talk about that is that, you know, they're in a very difficult situation right now. They're pretty much relying on help from, you know, outside sources because they're you know, they're, um, they evacuated to Islamabad. All of them are under threat. They can't work. They've been there for like a year and a half. And so they're in a very difficult situation, but, um, you know, and they're looking forward to finding a place, um, and a way to immigrate. And I am looking for sponsors for them. Right. And so, but even once they immigrate, the struggle isn't going to be over. It's just going to be different. And they're going to have stories to tell, you know, about their experience, about being Afghan Christians in this whole, you know, escaping from the Taliban, being under this whole, um, this whole drama of, you know, immigrating and everything they've been through. They will have a story to tell and people are going to want to hear their stories but there are also going to be people that are going to try to take advantage of their situation and their stories and use their story to their own end. And even, you know, people who, I mean, that was one thing that we discussed, but even with people who um, are helping, sometimes, you know, we, we don't even realize what's in our own heart until you know, the Holy Spirit reveals it to us and we may think that we have pure intentions. We're actually, we're doing it for some sort of payout for ourselves. We're not really doing it. It's not truly altruism. It's, you know, we want to look like we're an altruistic person. We want to, um, even unconsciously, they may, you know, sometimes we can help but there's really some other motivations behind it that we're not even realizing. And so, you know, we, we had a discussion about that because, you know, I am, my, my goal is to find sponsor groups for them. And with the sponsor groups through Welcome Core, which is a program that was announced in January, people who are um, in those sponsor groups and helping immigrant families, um, they have to go through background checks so they will be safe, right? They'll be safe people 
to bring somebody to, but all of us have um, issues. All of us do. We're human beings. We all have issues. And sometimes I think we get to, we're, we're in a really, this is, can be true for all of us, but we can be in a really intense situation and we think, okay, once we get to a resolution, it's going to be over and it's done and things are just going to be better and easy. And, you know, this is, like I said, once they, once they are able to get someplace else, um, there's still going to be a struggle. It's just going to be different. And, um, we've, since the beginning, you know, we've talked about like how we have to put our trust in God. God alone is absolutely trustworthy and faithful. He's absolutely good. The rest of us are human beings and God works through people. And, um, it doesn't matter who somebody is, people will disappoint you. And so just, um, we've, we've been discussing that. Um, I feel like as I'm, you know, working with them and we're working through this, you know, my goal is to help them out of this current situation, but also to, um, prepare them. I, I mean, do what I can at least to help prepare them mentally for what's coming next. I mean, it's, they need resilience, resiliency, not only for what they're in today, but what will be coming up, um, in the future because, you know, even if they're in, um, another country, I don't know about other countries, but our immigration system here in the U S is a mess. It's a struggle to get citizenship and it will be a struggle to get established and start rebuilding life. And, um, so again, circumstances will change, but the, um, the need to be able to persist through and trust in God is, is still going to be the same. So anyway, um, that was what we, those were our thoughts for this week. And oh, I should have done this. I was going to do this last week too. Our verse for the week. This is our, our prayer point it was Matthew nine. And, um, what was it? Which one? This is a whole chapter of miracles in Matthew nine. remember I think we, it was a blind man that we covered oh this one so this is what we read in um, in the Friday group so this is Matthew 9 as Jesus was saying this he's talking about um, this is a verse about new wineskins but um, a, the leader of the synagogue came and knelt before him my daughter has just died, he said, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hands on her. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged, your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Yeah. So he was just, she believed and she reached out and she believed that Jesus could do it. And that ties in, I think, with um, 
what I started with. Like once it's already been done, everybody's like on your side. And it's important to remember the people that were there with you in the beginning because um, I've had this happen multiple times when we were doing March of, um, we were doing the picnic on the park. Um, there were people that we just had an idea. We just wanted to do this event and we had an idea for it. And there were people that uh, participated and supported us just because we asked and because we had this idea. And once we did it, and people saw what it was, and it was a lot easier to get support and get sponsors. But um, I always remember those those people that were there for us that first year because they were the ones, you know. Don't don't forget those people. Don't get sidetracked. Um, this is true in anything. Remember, remember the people who believed in you before they knew for sure that you could actually do it before they saw it. Um, we, we did the March of Remembrance. It was the same kind of thing. We had people that participated just because we asked. And then, you know, we had a big out, a big turnout the first year. But then the second year, we went from one March to seven in a year. And there were a lot of people that said, you know, that's a little crazy you know, it's too much, too big, too soon, too fast. You can't do it. But then after we did, after we did do it, then literally everybody wanted to be in our lane. Everybody wanted to be a part of it. And, um, like I said, you just have to watch out, watch out for people, not watch out for people like that, but just, that's just the way it is. That's the way people are. And I remind myself about that because cautious about motivations. So, Anyway, that was our Friday passage that we went over. But this little update about Kabul Hope, and there's like so much. Earlier in the week, I was thinking, okay, what am I going to talk about on Sunday? And then, huge. <laughs> I didn't even tell you. But I want to like go over, last time it went in almost an hour and a half. I'm going to try to make it shorter. But I want to like talk about um, if you want to help, if you want to donate, if you want to participate, and who is already helping, I'm going to do that first. So it's not at the end of an hour and a half stream. So this I got involved with because, now I can't find this. Okay. My friend, Mark Ritchie, asked me to help him teach his Bible studies. He is the one that got me involved in this. His website is, let me go to banners. Okay, where is this? That's not it. Okay, his website is margaritchie.me. If you want to buy any of his books, they're all very good. I've done a lot of reviews on them. Um, I think they're awesome. And then uh, you go to uh, Don Shire. Is Don Shire Ministries. He is the person who he is helping us along with this. And he is... Uh, his ministry is receiving donations. Like if you want to help in this effort. And so he is a 501c3 and he's been giving me advice and things. And so Don is kind of like the, uh, administration organization guy behind this. So we do have an actual nonprofit now that is helping us out with the donations. And so for the people that are helping already, 
is um, we have the people that have donated so far for um, helping some of the things on, like my friends from an unexpected journal and uh, people that I know from the apologetics program at HBU and people from my Bible study and people that I got involved with for a, um, a little drama with our local school board, the Broncos of ISD, and also my friend Leslie uh, Lukoff has been doing some, um, she teaches Hebrew, and I will have her uh, contact information. I'd like to take Hebrew classes from her, but she's been doing some, uh, has done an event with me with, with the group in Islamabad, and then also we have plans for another one. Um, another local business that has helped is at the Nest of Kingwood um, on North Park. And then for my business, Legacy Marketing Services, I am actually um, doing a donation match for like any of my clients that want to donate to this for um, up to 20% of the services. And so anyway, we have those things going on. And then also my people in Islamabad are offering some language services. So if you would like to take classes in Persian, Farsi, Dari, or Urdu, or you need translation services, send me a message at Contact Voice Walk, and I can hook you up with them because they are in a situation and they are very resourceful and um, they just need a way to um, generate income like everybody else. So. Anyway, uh, update about where we are at. It has been a week. So I was mentioning this morning in Bible study that when we do, um, we pray for things, we pray for contact, contacts, favor, funding, and um, sponsors. We need sponsors for them for the welcome part. And uh, this week has been a week contacts a lot of contacts which is a good thing so many I, I need to like try to catch up on some of the contacts that I've gotten last week I shared that uh, the cousin of one of our group members who had gone gotten a humanitarian parole visa to Brazil and went to South America to uh, Mexico that he was had been missing for over a month uh, he actually sent me a message on WhatsApp yesterday at uh, Friday. No, it wouldn't have been yesterday. It was Friday morning while I was in the group uh, on the Zoom call with the other group, which was super exciting because I was worried you know, he might be dead. It's very dangerous. Like that trip that he took is only uh, like only half the people make it, you know, out there. It's super, super dangerous. And he sent me a copy of a paper of some parole form. And I have no, I have no idea what I'm looking at. And again, so as we're talking, or he's, he is sending me messages on WhatsApp, and they're very brief messages. And he's using Google Translate to send me the information. So I, on Friday, the information I had that was that number one, he's alive. He has some kind of parole form. The address on the form where the service address where it was delivered to was in New York. And I said, how did you, how did you get to New York? So he tells me he crossed the border in California, but then he was 
arrested or something in detention in Mississippi for like a certain number of days. And then he was in New York. I'm like, how did you get that? And he's like, a friend of a friend. I'm like, so this is all I knew on Friday. And I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, okay, so I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to like find some, I, I didn't know what, what, where he was at in the status. So I Googled the name of, and he hadn't, this is the other weird thing. He hadn't talked to his family yet. He sent me the message, but he hadn't talked to his, um, like his cousin or the, the family. They, they didn't know. So I Googled the address that was on the service form. And I'm not going to say what it was, but it was like real, the ad, what came up for the address worried me. And I was thinking, okay, did he get caught? caught up in some kind of trafficking ring. I mean, I didn't, he's been, it's been almost two months. It had been over a month, but since anybody had heard from him. And so I actually called the national tra trafficking hotline and they said, well, you know, we can't do anything unless if he says that, um, he is being held against his will and he wants, he wants help. So, um, he said, you're gonna have to get a little bit more information on it. Gave me a case number. So this is Friday and Saturday he was, had a little bit more conversation with him. He doesn't have a SIM card, so he has to be on Wi-Fi. I, I still don't know what's going on. I still don't know what's going on. So that is, um, another parallel storyline about what's going on is like, we have somebody in the U S I don't know what his status is. There was, he went to some hearing in, February based on what he sent me. And then there's another one in April. So I, I don't even know. So I guess the contacts that my ex-sister-in-law gave me are going to come in useful because I need to find some resources for him because that, that whole thing is crazy. Okay. So there's that. Uh, this is a short version. I did, I mentioned that I was, I was trying to find a Girl Scout troop to connect uh, two of the girls that I've been doing classes with. Um, in Vancouver where their aunt is and I talked to somebody and I think they're going to do it. Um, she said, well, we have cookies coming up and she's like subbing for somebody else. So she wasn't sure how soon they could start, but that's going to be, I think I found some friends for them. So I'm kind of excited about that. Need to find something for their cousin. So, um, he's 17, so I'm not quite sure what kind of group I need to connect him in with. So, Lisa is like moving. They had the lady, the other lady that, um, I found that is that actually knows what she's doing, the teaching. She met with them this morning. So they have at least one other person that they're meeting with. So I'm going to try to find a couple more people maybe. And what else? Oh, so this was kind of like the brain bender. Now I want to talk to people cause I've been talking to a lot of people cause we need a lot of different things, but, um, Sometimes, like, obviously I can't tell when I'm sending emails and messages over the phone or like on social media about what people's response is. But sometimes like if I'm on the phone with somebody, I can hear like this really like long pause as I'm relaying part of the story. And I have really been trying to learn how to be brief about it and only tell them the part of the story that's relevant to what I'm asking them for. And um, a couple times this last week, I've been talking to somebody in person and I can see this, the look on their face are like, what is this? It's like sh total shock. And I was thinking, what was it that I just said? Because 
like what I've been telling them, nothing of it has been weird. I mean, I guess I'm just, I don't know. I guess I've been, my brain has been in this so much that it seems normal to me or something. I don't know. But this is kind of the brain bender for me this week. So we have, we have the house church and there was, um, this one, uh, guy, he's a, he's a young father. He is in Islamabad and he's in the house church. Mark and I heard his testimony a couple months ago. He said that, um, so this, this house church group, most of them are Hazara, which is a, a minority ethnic group. And, uh, Hazaras are Shia, which is, uh, the Taliban are Sunni. So the minority ethnic groups that are Shia are basically they're at risk anyway. So regardless of anything. And he said that, um, when the Taliban were in power before that the, um, they came into his house and they held his, you know, shoved his mother and him down. They had their, their foot on his neck and they killed his father and his older brother. And he said, I didn't understand why they would kill a fellow Muslim. And he said, I read, as I read, I realized that what they were, these people did wasn't against Islam. This is what Muhammad taught. They were, they were following the tenets of Islam. And so he had this, all this turmoil. I mean, it, some people, as you know, you're listening to their story about how they became a Christian. A lot of, a lot of them, it's like, I worked, they worked with somebody or, um, it, it's just kind of like these casual interactions. It's not like like these big events that just did it's not happening in Afghanistan. It's just people that they knew that they got to know and had discussions with most of them. His was not, he was just reading on his own. And, um, he said he had come to the point where you know, he had gone through this. He had, he had lost his father and his brother and he had read the Quran for himself and had already come to a point where he had rejected it. Um, but he, as far as, uh, Christianity, he was, maybe I told this story before, but he was watching, um, a YouTube video of a channel out of Iran and the, the sermon was on, or the message was on, um, the verse, uh, anyone who does not love his brother does not know God because God is love. And so this, that, started the process when he became a Christian. So this is, this was his testimony. He's in Islamabad and, um, he had told us then when we we're having a conversation about like, who is it that we're wanting to be able to find a path for immigration for, um, he wanted to, uh, have his mother and his sisters on the list. And, pretty insistent about it. And he said his mother has diabetes. Now, some of them, not all of them do because some of them, um, you know, they, they may be the only Christians in their group or in their family. Um, that's not true of all of them. I mean, we have one, one family, like they're, I mean, their whole family are Christians, but some of them in other, in the other groups and some of the other people, they're actually more cautious about being exposed to their family. Like one of our people, his family actually turned his, him into the Taliban. Um, 
and there's some of them their their family doesn't know they're Christians, and so they're they're really cautious about that. But um, this person, you know, it's like he wants to have his you know find a way out for his mother and sisters who are still in Afghanistan. So that was a few months ago, and he, um, the head of the house church, has been contacting me saying, well, you know, they want to get help for. Um, the, his mother, and um, so they sent me pictures of the mother who has diabetes, and she is basically has had untreated diabetes. And so, if you have not been following the article, uh, the stories about uh, women in Afghanistan, it's basically I mean, you might as well consider that women are basically illegal in Afghanistan, not allowed to be out in public without a man. Um, male doctors are not allowed to treat women and also women can't travel or be out in public and so it's not a good situation in any way at all. So the problem is that this is a woman with three young girls. They're in their um, early 20s and um, they can't travel. So I found a um, contacted a lady that was, it was actually the Leslie Merriman, the, um, she's on the second episode of the Afghanistan Project podcast. I sent her a message and asked her if she, they had a medical clinic in the area where this family is. And, um, she connected me with her team lead for the people on the ground in Afghanistan. And so they sent me I, I've been in communication with him, sent him the pictures, and he said that her condition is bad enough that the, this medical facilities by where she lives are not good enough. That she needs to go to Kabul and have be, have treatment for two months before she can even. We can't. She's her condition is too bad that she can't be you know, moved or brought to Islamabad either. So anyway, so we're talking about getting her there for medical treatment and then she needs a place to stay too. And so he's saying, okay, well, you know, you should really think about like setting up a safe house, you know, so like you have her and you know, when she's gone, you can bring somebody else there. He's like, we have four safe houses. I'm like, oh my goodness. So like we go from, I go from teaching a Bible study via zoom to uh, talking about setting up a safe house and Afghanistan. So anyway, that is this week. Um, I think crazy. I, I think we have like what we need to help her. I think we have set up. We just, I just need to get the funds for it. So anyway, that's, that's the other thing I'm doing. So if you want to donate, you can help, help, um, her get her treatment for her diabetes. But anyway, so the plan is to, um, bring her to the pool for treatment which will be at least two months. And then, um, this same person can also, uh, help get Afghanistan passports because the passport office has officially been closed since like October, I think October, November, it just opened up on Wednesday. This person is familiar with the process and can help facilitate that can also help get us visas. Um, we do have a couple other contacts for visas, but this, this one is a lot less money and, uh, that's the other thing about the house church faces. 
those are still in process. We need to, um, that's another prayer request. We need to get those back. So that was this week. Um, somebody, uh, was lost is now found, but it's in some legal trouble. So we need to uh, work on that. And, um, we have a, a woman with, uh, some very uh, severe medical condition that we need to get her to safety and, uh, get her treated. And then I'm, I've been talking to a few people about, um, sponsoring, setting up sponsor groups for walk of course. So, this is the, what we're working on. Um, this was announced beginning of this year. Um, it's January 19th and it's a, it's kind of an expansion of what they've been doing previously for the Venezuelans and Ukrainians, um, for an immigration path and it's called welcome core. And if you go to that, it has a webinar that you can, can watch it has a lot of details but it is a program that is based on the um, Canadian program where if uh, a family has a private sponsor group it has to be a minimum of five people that private sponsor group can recommend them into the user app program and uh, get them into the process and since they talked about last week. This is how the regular process goes. The um, starts with they're referred into uh, in the refugee program. They're referred into the program either through the UNHCR or an NGO or an embassy. And that is kind of the kicker on getting people into it is that in Pakistan, uh, they're not processing the UNHCR applications for Afghans. So we've been working on that. Um, it's another prayer point. We need to get, trying to find a way to get those designations so they're not uh, so at risk. Um, because again, if they had the UNHCR cards, not only would they be qualified for immigration to different places, but they would also be safe where they're at in Pakistan. They wouldn't need all these visas. So um, just to stay, stay in Pakistan. So that's where we're at. So I am um, been talking to people about that. It's just been a lot of different things, a lot of different needs. And then as we are working through this and having this other contact and somebody else's mother also needs help because again, you know, women in Afghanistan are basically, you know, it's just, there's no good situation for anybody in Afghanistan. Oh, and so here's the other thing I want to talk about this week. Um, you know, if you are like, I hope people are aware and are sharing, you know, what's going on in the world beyond our little bubble here in the U.S. Um, some, it's, it's one of the most bizarre things, trying to kind of switch back and forth. It's like switching dimensions of reality, like seeing what they're going through in Afghanistan and 
then looking at my Facebook feed and seeing what people are all worked up over is just, it's surreal. It's a little surreal. But I hope people um, would care enough about their fellow man that they would, you know, be, follow and be aware of at least one issue beyond our borders, right? But as you do this, what you will find, and I'm sure if people are already involved in this, they know this is true, that once you do that and you start sharing information or talking about situations in other areas, that you will get a lot of people contacting you from those areas asking for help. And so, you know, I've gotten a lot of requests from different people from Afghanistan, people from Pakistan, um, pretty, like, a lot of different countries all over the world, and especially, like, Twitter, like, I don't have very many followers, and hardly anybody sees my tweets, and, and I, I get a lot of, I get a lot of requests, and it's really difficult, because you, the odds are that you know that there's need, but the reality is, is that even though there is so much need, there are also people who will take advantage of people's, uh, goodwill and willingness to help, and, um, I had somebody that um, had contacted me on uh, Twitter and gave this whole long explanation of their situation and a lot of specific details and was asking for help. And I replied to them and I said, is this the thing? People donating, it's going to, you know, Don's ministry. Don is the one that's, you know, basically sending it and reporting on it. And so it's not just like me sending money, you know, it's like accountable to provide uh, documentation to Don about where the money is going. And, you know, there's things that you have to check when you send money to anybody overseas. And so, you know, I explained that. And also, I think I mentioned this last week, um, the, the Christians in my group, they're very cautious because um, I've noticed the younger people are a little more open, but like the older people, you know, they've they've lived more and been through more. And like the, the head of the house church, I mean, he has already he has already had been through situations where you know the church was infiltrated and they were turned in back. Like I don't know, I think you said it was 2012, 2013, and um, just even as Islamabad, they've had some issues. And so, um, it, Afghanistan may be the, is now the most dangerous country in the world for Christians, but Pakistan is number eight. And so they're very, very cautious about who they bring in. And, you know, they, not only do they want to be able to trust the people that they bring in, but they kind of question, they want to know that their faith is authentic too. So, I don't bring people into the group and what we're doing for the most part, we're working as a team and the people that are there are the ones that are making the contacts and doing things. And so I don't, um, even if I connect to people outside, I don't bring them into the group. And, uh, again, I'm, we have quite a few people that we're helping and, um, I'm not sending money to people that, you know, that we don't know and that the 
validity of what they're telling me can be verified. And so when this person contacted me, I said, look, I'm not sending money personally. And, you know, but I gave him information about saying they needed food and da, 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 and all this stuff. And I said, gave him a list of the resources that I knew. And he was not happy with that. Actually, the response was he ended up cursing me out and it's like, blah, 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 and all this. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> you know, God bless you. You know, like that's basically, this is the thing. It is a difficult situation. So then there's this whole long thing. He said, well, this is, this person, contact this person. It was a U.S. Um, phone number. And again, it, it doesn't matter. Like it, whether the story is true, whether it's not true, it doesn't make a difference. I, people that are coming into the group are referred in by the Afghans. I'm not bringing them in. And so, um, I did send an email or a message to the person, got no response. And then they follow up again. Like, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I sent a message and I got no response again. It doesn't make a difference. I mean, I wasn't going to do anything any different. And so then they, uh, sent another message. She's like, okay, now I, they're in Iran. And I'm like, I, I can't be, we can't basically the implying that they're being held hostage for money. And I'm like, I don't respond to this one. And so I asked, I happened to look at my email address for, for my uh, website. He had sent me a message there with all his documentation. And so I'm looking at it and he's from the same province as uh, one of our members family, the one that was beaten uh, and had to, had to go into hiding because they found the Bible app on his phone, same province. And there's, you know, it's a big province, half a million people. It's not like they're going to, you know, because somebody's from there, they're going to know everybody. But the Christian community is very small. And the person's claim was that all the tribes know that he's a Christian. And that supposedly, like, that's why it's so dangerous for him, because everybody knows he's a Christian. It's prominent. Everybody knows. And so I asked this person. He says he's from the same province. Do you know who he is? He found his profile on Facebook and he's a Muslim and he's into um, posting a bunch of probably a lot, a lot of law of attraction stuff. And so I guess his idea of law of attraction is by hitting up uh, Christians and um, telling them that he's a Christian and to send him money. That's how he's attracted money. But the thing that I did want to say about this is that he's like, I, I've given him all these resources about places I knew where he could help like with support for food. One of those was, um, the ACL app. And this is like super, if you want to help anybody in Afghanistan or Turkey, they just expanded to Turkey. This is a really good way to do that because they will go and they will actually, uh, you can either donate and they will pick a family to donate to, and they verify the family. You can set up campaigns to help certain areas or certain groups of people. Or if you have a particular family, that you want to send help to, you can um, say, okay, I want this family. They will get the documentation for them and they will provide, um, you can like buy a package like food for a month or a package for fuel and they will send it to you. You'll know that they're actually going to that person. And so I had shared some of the, some of the resources that I knew of that they could get help. And 
He's like, I can't go to them because they're all, you know, it's all Muslims. It's like, okay, Afghanistan is like 99.7% Muslim. So you saying you don't interact with, the, I didn't say this, but this is what I'm thinking. You're saying you don't interact in your country because the majority of people are Muslims. I mean, so first of all, it's not like somebody can just know, like just by seeing you, um, that you're a Christian. He's saying he's going to all these different areas. So it's not like he's, he's, the story didn't add up. And secondly, it's just not true. I mean, most of the people that have been helping us with our people are Muslim. So he's number one. I mean, there were a couple of red flags, but he's a manipulator and he was you know, using what he knows is American prejudice against Muslims and Islam saying, I can't go to them. You're my only help because I'm a Christian. And that's, that's, that's not true. So I'm just, um, I mean, the need, the need is very great. And so, you know, some of the times when I haven't been totally sure about like whether something is true, I'm thinking there's probably a need there, even if the story isn't exactly true, that there probably, it probably is filling a need. But I think that it's important to us to, for us to try to be as responsible as we can to make sure that we don't, um, just because there is so much need that we don't, um, um, encourage, um, scammers and manipulators, like as best as you can, um, try to at least make sure that what is happening, what they say is happen happening and what you're giving money for, that's actually what it is. So anyway, those are just my thoughts. Um, keep all of this in your prayers. If you want to get involved, send me a message at contact at raise to walk. Um, if you're interested in sponsoring a one of our families and being a friend and helping them get established, uh, let me know. That's one of the things I'm working on, but I just realized this morning that I have like, we have, I have like four or five different streams of efforts going on here. Um, right now. So kind of need to get that a little coordinated and organized, but it's been, um, it's been a week. It's been a week. And I, I guess it's been a good week. It's been a good week. I just, um, I'd like a clear approval, not this, uh, shady, not shady one, but I think the person that's in New York, number one, I'm, I'm a little worried about his safety and number two, I don't really clear about his status. So just hoping for a little, um, for that to shake out and to, um, we can get him some help because, you know, I look at what's going on in Afghanistan. You have, you know, human trafficking and selling organs and, you know, people being, you know, exploited and beaten and jailed. And you know what? Like, I was just looking at that. I'm thinking, man, the same thing can happen here. You know, if, if he's not, doesn't have a friend, I mean, that same thing can happen to him here. So anyway, I've got to get him connected with some friends and some support. So that's an update for this week. Hope you have a good one.